Each week, it pops up on my phone, my weekly report that informs me of the hours that I've spent on this little device in my hands. And so this past week, it informed me that my screen time was down 53% this past week. So I was asking in my stories if anybody else, when they get this little report and the percentage has trended down for the week, if it comes across as a negative to them, because every time I read it, if it's down, I don't know if it's just the way I think it is, just the way it's worded. It makes me feel like it's a negative, like I didn't live up to something or I didn't do my part because I've gone down. It's actually a positive and it's been, it's usually been intentional on my part that it has trended down. Susan Beth, and you are listening to the She Is Podcast, where we talk about living life intentionally and about trusting that the desires you have deep within you are there for a reason. I believe that the creator of the universe put those desires within you and that they are pathways to your purpose. My desire is that this would be a space that encourages you to lean in and to hear the whispers of the divine and that you would be reminded of things that I honestly believe you already know, that you, my friend, are here for a reason. So if you're here for more conversations in that kind of space, welcome. Let's go. In the last episode, which was our Sunday episode that runs parallel with the weekly focus found in the She's Awakening Seasonal Journal. The focus was solitude. And I mentioned wanting to continue some of the thoughts that I started there in this week's episode, which is the one that you're listening to now. And in case you haven't listened to that previous episode, I'm going to recap on a few things so you can go back and listen to that episode later. You won't be lost in this one. But I talked about how this idea and word and practice of solitude It can be an intimidating and even scary word for some of us. But as complicated as the word might sound to us, solitude is simply where we show up with God simply as ourselves. That's it, pure and simple, a sacred space of us and our God. And I talked about how I think solitude has become a foreign and sometimes intimidating idea for us because we live in a culture. That is addicted to noise. Our lives are filled with one distraction after another, and we have in our hands through a device, we have the world at our fingertips. At any moment, we can reach out to someone that is across the world or be made aware of the latest news of the moment. And as wonderful as all of that is, it's a lot. It's a lot for us to take in, and it's a lot, and we weren't designed to take all of that in. So even though it is a gift that we can stay connected to people in a way that was never possible before, it is a lot in that we weren't designed to have all of the constant stimulation and the dopamine hits that has become addicting for many of us and is literally changing the wiring in our brains. And because of the opportunity that we have for all of these distractions, we are the ones that have to make the choice to be intentional about how we want to live our lives 
at this time because technology, it's a part of our lives and it's not going anywhere. So we have to learn how to live in a healthy way with it integrated in our lives. Because how many of you have found yourself opening apps on your phone without having any known conscious thought to you that you were wanting to once again check to see if you had any email updates or see any of the latest, the latest post on social media? We mindlessly do these things because we've done it so often that it's this natural impulse and response within us. And it's scary, but no one is going to take our phones from our hands. It's something that we must intentionally make a choice to do. And when I started trying to not be so connected to this device in my hands, I found that I had to take baby steps. And one of those looked like leaving my phone upstairs by my bed or on the desk or wherever I was upstairs to walk downstairs and do whatever I was needing to do downstairs without the fear that I was going to miss something major because I was not taking my phone. I think because it's become so commonplace to us that we don't even recognize the addiction. And sometimes I do think back about how did we even live? How did I live as a teenager and have close friendships and and date people and keep in touch where my parents knew where I was. It's like, how did all that happen? It just doesn't even make sense. And I lived it. It's like, I try to think back and I'm like, I cannot even imagine now because of the way we can stay in touch and communicate with each other, which again, it's beautiful and it's convenient, but it does come to the detriment of other things in our lives when we are addicted to the moment-by-moment usage of this technology. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen this, but I shared a screenshot in my Instagram story of my weekly report. I'm doing that in quotations, in case you can't see me. (laughs) It pops up on the phone. I don't know if it does it on everybody's phone or every kind of device, but each week it pops up on my phone, my weekly report. That informs me of the hours that I've spent on this little device in my hands. And so this past week, it informed me that my screen time was down 53% this past week. So I was asking in my stories if anybody else, when they get this little report and the percentage has trended down for the week, if it comes across as a negative to them, because every time I read it, if it's down, I don't know if it's just the way I think it is, just the way it's worded. It makes me feel like it's a negative, like I didn't live up to something or I didn't do my part <laughs> because I've gone down. And um, it always kind of makes me laugh and chuckle because it's actually a positive and it's been, it's usually been intentional on my part that it has trended down. So I thought that was kind of funny. But the point is, a change isn't just going to happen. We have to be intentional about changing our relationship. And yes, I used the word relationship because that's what it feels like. I mean, we put a lot of <laughs> time and care into this relationship with our phones. You know, so if, if, if we don't become intentional about it, we're going to continue to be led by its influence and its impact in our lives and the way that we think and live. Our natural instinct is to reach out to someone or something to ease our discomfort of being alone or to give us an answer to something that we're thinking about and it's on our heart and our mind. But I think that we all know 
what the real answer is to that scenario. Anything that we reach for to ease any pain or discomfort in our lives is only a temporary fix. And this looks different for each of us. It can be shopping. It can be pornography. It can be technology, social media, all the things we just talked about, or it can be a bag of cookies. I mean, it's all going to look different, but the root is all the same. And we do the same thing with our relationship with people. There's nothing wrong with having a desire to process things out with someone. But even with that, I think we can push it too far, just like the sharing of personal details about someone's life in the name of concern, or we need to be praying for them. I mean, how about we just use the oxygen and energy that we just used talking to a person to personally do just that, to communicate with God about what's on our heart or pray for that person that we just talked about. And sometimes we do need to have a conversation with someone else about something. But I have found that after I process it with Holy Spirit, that conversation is a little different than what I had drafted and created in my head. So why do we continually reach for the device or the advice or opinions from others instead of getting still and allowing the Spirit of God to teach us and to lead us? And the struggle is nothing new. Eve was built with everything that she needed to thrive and to fulfill the purpose of God in the world. And she was able to communicate with the God of all that is, yet in her free will, she chose to entertain and to listen to the offer and the opinion of something outside of herself and God. And I don't know why that we always want the shortcut and the presumed easy way, you know, the hack, but it appears that's the way we typically lean in our humanity. There's a story about a priest that I read recently who observed a woman that was sitting in an empty church with her head in her hands. And after an hour or two had passed, she was still there. And thinking that her soul was in distress and this priest being eager to be of assistance, the priest approached the woman and said, is there any way that I can be of help? To which she said, no, thank you, Father. I've been getting all the help I need until you interrupted. Yikes. I was like, whoa, that is such a powerful example. And definitely I can see that something I've had to grow in as someone who grew up in a pastor's home and in a vocational ministry for most of my life. And there is definitely a time for each of us to extend the love and grace of God to those around us. Absolutely. But we don't have to do the work of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. And it took me a long time to realize that I couldn't save anyone or draw them to God. This is the role of the Holy Spirit, and it's not my responsibility or ability. We can trust God to be God, friends. I often make the statement that God knows us better than we know ourselves. And I think that this is such a key thing for me that I continually find myself highlighting because when you really come to believe this in the core of who you are, you trust God in a different way. I mean, I I would always say that I've trusted God, but I definitely was saying that a lot of times purely in faith, you know, sometimes I definitely didn't understand his working in my life. 
And even though some of that can still be true, I don't always understand his ways. I mean, most of the time I don't. But what has changed is my understanding that God knows me better than what I can perceive to be true about myself or my desires, and that God is working on my behalf for my good, which doesn't always appear or feel good. But this is the gift that I have found and continue to find in solitude, myself and God. That's what I found. I found myself in God, the real me, the me not defined by anything I've done or will do externally, but my spirit that is known by God. And it's been an interesting journey to to see the shift in my identity on the outside. It might appear to those seeing any thing that I put out and offer into the world that I have maybe found a new level of confidence in the last decade, which my reality on this side feels so contrasting to striving and being seen. You know, maybe it's the scripture that talks about his yoke being easy and burden being light. The years of trying to put on or find out what works or what is pleasing and accepting to God and to everyone else, it's it's just long gone. The years and layers of struggle and surrender have been walking me home to where it all started, to God, God alone, God inviting me into his story. I often think about me as a little girl laying in bed at night, falling asleep, thinking about the vastness of all that God is. And life can get us a little sidetracked as we learn to walk and talk in our humanity. This learning to walk and to talk, it requires falls and bruises and bloody knees and saying the wrong things and doing the wrong things. And when we can have empathy for ourselves and others, like we do for the children in our lives, learning to walk and to talk. It's a beautiful gift to ourselves and to others. We can become grateful for the scars because without them, we wouldn't be walking where we are in this moment with a voice that is ours for such a time as this. The scripture from the weekly focus from Psalm 73 this week kind of feels like an anthem. And it says, you're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. Look, those who left you are falling apart, deserters, they'll never be heard from again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I've made Lord God my home and God I'm telling the world what you do. This is why I show up here in your ears and offer the hope of the transforming power of God that is available to each and every one of us. Thanks for being here and listening, but let's not be like those who only hear and do nothing with that. Spend some time with the one who knows you best today. He loves you and is for you, and so am I. 
Hey, you. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to connect more, head over to SusanBeth.com and sign up and you will be one of the first to find out about anything new. Plus, there's a special free download available just to say thanks. If something in this episode did speak to you, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend that you think it might resonate with as well? And until next time, keep showing up in the world just as God purposed you to do. Because you being you is exactly what we all need.